Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is March 15th, 2023. Let the music ride. Let's go. Here we go. How's everybody doing out there today? Like I said, it is Wednesday, March 15th. The Ides of March is upon us. That's right. We'll get into that in just a second in case you guys don't know fine literature and history. Real quick before we get into all the madness that is going on in our world today. Make sure we don't forget about our new sponsor to the show, our newest sponsor to the show, I should say. We don't have any new ones. New, 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 new ones. (laughs) Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. That's ChristianLawson.com. Promo code DTOM. All right. (sighs) So, how's it going? Quick little notch into history. Today... In 44 B.C., Julius Caesar, famously known for his pizza. No? No, it's not. I'm sorry. Not him. Julius Caesar is stabbed to death by Brutus, Cassius, and uh, several other Roman senators on the Ides of March in Rome. Appointed dictator of Rome in 48 B.C., he defeated his opponents before in instigating a series of reforms including the Roman calendar and he was killed E2 Brute right (laughs) Ides of March I think I talked about this last year around this same time period I don't know if I did a show on the 15th but nonetheless uh, it's interesting 
uh, the story of Julius Caesar and why he was assassinated on the Senate Senate floor by senators. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, yeah, on this day, <laughs> 2,060 years ago. All right. Okay, so here we go. I guess, uh, I guess, what do we got? Um, it's March, so we're talking a year and nine months, ten months, until Biden is hopefully no longer our president. And as long as it's not him or Kamala or Pete or Gavin Newsom or any other fuckface on the, on the left... Not to say that everybody on the right's a better option, but hopefully we will can get over these things. But it appears to be that they're coming after our guns. Here's uh, President Poopy Pants uh, yesterday. Work to save more lives more quickly. First, this executive order helps keep firearms out of dangerous hands. As I continue to call on Congress to require background checks for all firearm sales. And in the meantime, in the meantime, my executive order directs my attorney general to take every lawful action possible, possible to move us as close as we can to universal background checks without new legislation. I just, it's just common sense. So did you catch the part, my attorney general, my attorney general, the head of my Gestapo? He's not your attorney general. He is, unfortunately, our attorney general. He's not yours, Joe Biden. And once again, here's another executive order. Now, granted, I personally have no problem with background checks. Cool. We obviously see situations where background checks would be helpful, but... We also know for a fact that a lot of the things that have happened, these people have gone through background checks. So your next argument is going to be, well, we just need to get rid of guns. Uh, He also goes on to say this. Second thing it does, the executive order ramps up our efforts to hold the gun industry accountable. It's the only outfit you can't sue these days. So he wants you to be able to sue gun manufacturers. Because, and this is something I never understood, because this happened a while back with cigarette uh, companies. R.J. Reynolds and whoever were sued by people. So, I'm going to have to get, there's a piece of fuzz on my microphone, so just bear with me. There it is. Drives me crack because I can literally see it's like right in the freaking, anyway. Um, (laughs) uh, It was, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, they were allowing people to sue cigarette manufacturers for di- for getting cancer, for dying from cancer. You know, my wife died from cancer. My husband died from cancer. I'm suing Marlboro. Now, I've never been a smoker, so I can't necessarily say for as long as I can remember. But as for as long as I can ever remember having never been a smoker, there's always been a warning label on those cigarettes. And I think that was like a C. Everett Coop. Uh, I think that was his name. The Surgeon General, I think I was under Reagan. Maybe even before then where they started putting these warning labels 
on cigarettes. So, <laughs> but they still allowed people to sue these companies for whoever getting sick. I would say now, back in the 60s and 50s and whatever, when they promoted smoking everywhere, if you recall, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm saying back in the 50s and 60s, but even if, if, if I recall correctly, I remember in the 70s, like you see in Johnny Carson doing the Johnny Carson show, smoking a cigarette. You saw people smoking, and, they, and, it, and I think as the 70s turned into the 80s, to the mid-80s, they outlawed cigarette companies. If you notice, you don't see cigarette commercials anywhere. There's not commercials on TV. There's not... There's barely any smoking in, in um, TV shows or, or movies or anything like there used to be, you know, 30, 40 years ago or, or longer. And uh, so I, I get it. If, if you started smoking in the 50s, okay, and, and the tobacco manufacturers didn't want to or didn't put out that the stuff was dangerous, whatever, whatever, and you died from lung cancer, I get it. But if you started smoking in the 80s, which was 40 years ago, God, I feel old. <laughs> That's on you because those warning labels were there. But nonetheless, I digress. Now, he wants it to be able where you could sue gun manufacturers. So let me get this straight. Now, I believe this happened in Connecticut after the Sandy Hook situation. I think I didn't look this up, but I, I could be wrong, but I may be right. I may be a little crazy, but uh, I'm pretty sure that the parents or the people in Newtown, Newton, Newtown, were able to sue Remington for whatever reason. I don't get that. That would be like saying, okay, uh, you know, someone in your family, your husband, your wife, your kid, whatever, God forbid, but um, died in a car accident and uh, the other person it, no, let's just assume no alcohol is involved on either side. It's just a car accident. The person died. Your 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 significant other died in the car accident. So would you be able to sue? And, the, and you're driving a Chevy, or you know the person is driving a Chevy, and the person that caused the accident is driving a Ford. Let's just say. Does that mean we can start suing the car manufacturers, the person that caused the accident? Not only can we sue their insurance company, we're going after State Farm or Allstate or whoever. We should be able to sue the car manufacturers, right? Because obviously the car caused the accident. And, and that's my, my sense of this whole situation is if you're going to allow people to sue gun manufacturers for, for whatever, why can't I sue a car manufacturer if I'm in an accident and it's not my fault? And it's proven to be not my fault. I should be able to sue the car manufacturer of the car that hit me, right? If I'm at a, you know, a bank and the bank gets robbed, and I'm just sitting there minding my own business, and I get shot, whether I die or don't die, I get shot. Um, and then they, they catch the person that does it, and he's using a Colt 1911 government, blah, 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 whatever. I should be able to sue Colt. Right? Is that what you're saying? I mean, let's forget about the dude that just shot the bank up and killed some people and shot me. But I get to go after Colt for for that person doing what they did. 
It's not the gun's fault. The gun didn't get up out of the person's house, walk to the bank, and say, I'm going to just shoot random people at the bank. It's a tool. So if someone hits me in the head with a shovel and kills me, I get to sue whoever made the shovel, craftsman, whatever, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, you're setting a precedent for litigation that is unnecessary because it's just a tool. It's not, if I got, <laughs> I just happened to look over my Don't Tread on America Louisville slugger over here that I got when we were in Louisville. Um, wooden baseball bat made of, uh, I think, ash. So if someone cracked me over the head with that baseball bat and caused brain damage more so than I already have, I, I get to sue Louisville Slugger. It has nothing to do with the person that broke into my house, grabbed the bat, and hit me. I get to sue the manufacturer of that bat. It makes no sense. Just one more thing for them. See, essentially what he's trying to do is scare gun manufacturers out of making guns. Newsflash, Joe. Most of these gun manufacturers, Remington and Winchester and uh, Beretta, um, what else do they use? They use SIG, uh, Colt. Most of the American gun manufacturers make guns for your military, for your secret service, for your Capitol Police. So what are you going to do? If, if uh, I get pulled over by a police officer or I, the Secret Service comes and knocks on my door, let's just say, and uh, for whatever reason they feel ornery and they shoot me. They don't kill me, but they shoot me in the leg, whatever. Not only do I get to sue the government, but I get to sue SIG because I think they carry SIGs. Is, is that how I'm understanding your law? Guys. It's just one more step for them coming after your guns because then he goes on to say that um, he calls for an independent government study that analyzes and exposes how gun manufacturers aggressively market firearms to civilians, especially minors. Before I read on, tell me the last time you were watching any television show, any movie, any television movie, and granted, I don't watch a shit ton of TV. I don't watch a shit ton of movies. But I can never recall, even if you're watching like a war movie or a shoot 'em up movie, I don't see John Wick saying, I'm going to shoot him with my Colt M4. I'm going to shoot him with my Sig Sauer 380. I'm going to shoot him with. I don't see that. They're just shooting guns. So, how do they aggressively. Market firearms to civilians. How? How do they do that? I am a purveyor of guns. I have one or two dozen. Okay? Um, I have never once saw an advertisement in uh, a regular magazine. When I say regular, I'm talking about a not a gun magazine. I've never picked up a Sports Illustrated, a Time magazine, a... I don't even know what the magazines are out there. Um, and saw a gun advertisement for whatever brand. You know where I do see those? In gun magazines. So therefore, if I'm a gun person and I'm at Walmart and I say, oh, look, at here's a guns and ammo. Let me pick this up. That's on me. I bought the magazine. 
They didn't give me the magazine for free. Winchester didn't come to my house and say, here's a magazine, buy some guns. No, didn't work like that. How are they aggressively marketing? There's no billboards. There's no commercials. There's no radio commercials. At best, depending on where you live, you might have a gun show. And you might see a, a billboard. Gun show next weekend at the you know armory or whatever. The Civic Center. Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't say sponsored by Winchester. Sponsored by Six Hour. Sponsored by whoever. It's just gun show. Be there. Don't be there. Your choice. And especially minors. So would that be like video games? Because then I would say that it was probably on the video games. And the reason I say this is that is because I know when my son was smaller or even my nephew, they would play, uh, Christ, I don't know the games, like Grand Theft Auto and, and uh, Call of Duty and stuff like that. And they have those specific guns. Oh, I'm, I'm going to pick up this whatever, Mossberg, blah, 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 whatever. So is that on the gun manufacturers? Is that on the video game makers? How are they aggressively marketing? Okay. He also used the speech to renew his call to ban assault weapons in high-capacity magazines. And uh, it's, it's nothing but a surprise. of <laughs> It's very ironic, let's just put it that way, that Biden gave this gun control speech in Monterey Park, California. And he did not mention that California already has every gun control measure he is pushing nationally. Yet the FBI has identified California as the number one state for active shooter incidents in 21. So you're in a state giving this speech about how you want to ban this and take away that and deepen the, the uh, background checks and sue gun manufacturers and whatever else in a state that had the most active shooters, that also has the harshest, deepest um, gun control measures in the country. I think that's just proof positive that that stuff doesn't work because it's not the gun. It's the person. You're in a state where active shooter incidents, gang violence, drug violence... Those things run rampant, maybe not throughout the whole state, might be certain sp specific areas of the state, whatever. Guarantee you a chunk of those guns that these people are using in their crimes wasn't bought at the gun store where they filled out a background check. Chances are they came from over the border, along with their fentanyl, their cocaine, and their marijuana. Just guessing. So maybe... Hear me out. Maybe if we could just lock down the fucking border, you could solve some problems. We want to send people here and we want to send people there and we want to talk about military spending and this and the other thing. Fucking close the border. The North and the South. You cannot come into this country without a perfectly good reason and an inspection of whatever you're carrying. If you're a semi or you're a fucking smart car, whatever. You would stop so much stuff. Other countries in this world do it. Okay? We can do it too. Oh, but the Statue of Liberty says bring your poor, bring your tired, bring your blah, blah, blah. 
cool. I'm not saying people can't come and visit. I'm not even saying people can't come and immigrate to this country. Do it the right way. Keep your drugs and your guns and your your human trafficking and all that shit. Keep it over there. I don't want it. We don't need it. But we're making billions of dollars. I get it. All right. I think that's all I got, guys. All right, we'll see. No, I'm joking. So, I guess we can jump into... Uh, so, I guess what I was going to get into is, you know, talking about dictators. So, you look at Biden and and these types of, of um, executive orders and whatnot are very dictatorship. You're talking about taking people's Second Amendment away from them without passing it through Congress. He said himself, I'm doing this without legislation. So something was trending on Twitter and it, it, it real, really irritates me. Now, DeSantis hasn't even said whether or not he's running for president. I would say his actions are speaking louder than his words going around the country talking about whatever. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you DeSantis is the man, Trump's the man. That's We've got to wait and decide that. Um... But it, what kills me about Twitter, and I guess it's fine because at least both sides have a voice now. Before, you would just see all this one-sided uh, trending. At least now you have it both ways, but nonetheless. So DeSantis, someone posted this on, on Twitter about how he's a uh, dictator. Okay, so he signed, and these are, this is according to the meme that this person posted. Signed into law. Ended Disney's self-governing status. The Don't Say Gay bill, the Stop Woke Act, restrictions on school library books, social media, social media censorship, prohibited protest outside private residences, and anti-riot laws. Okay, so let's start at that bottom one. Anti-riot laws. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. We don't need people rioting, so let's make a law outlawing that cool is there a problem with that i think if you're trying to be a smart ass you should have said anti-protesting law but no you worded it right because that's the law that's the bill was anti-riot law i am all for that prohibited protests outside private residence once again if you have a problem with somebody. If you're if you're outside my house, I'm calling the cops on you. We might have a discussion about it too. If you want to protest me, cool, protest me. Let's bring it on into the yard and let's protest. No, you don't want to do that because you're afraid you're gonna get shot. You're probably right. Social media censorship. What what I don't that's not true. What he signed was that social media companies, Facebook, Twitter, whoever, are not allowed to ban Florida citizens, which I'm still banned off of Twitter. I mean, I've been able to work my way back in, but that's beside the point. My original profile is still gone. Restrictions on school library books. All he did was take out the... Uh, the books, I, I can't remember all the books, but it wasn't like, yeah, there are restrictions. I'll, I'll just put it like this. Yes, he did restrict some books, 
in the library. I don't have a problem with that because of the books that there. Now, if these kids choose to check out these books and go to the public library, cool. They have options. The Stop Woke Act doesn't exist. The Don't Say Gay Bill doesn't exist because neither one of those bills actually... Look them up. If you can find the Stop Woke Act or the Don't Say Gay Bill, and it's actually called that, send it to me because they don't exist. And he ended Disney self-governing. <laughs> Disney is a fucking theme park. Ended their self-governing. Cool. Now... The idea behind that whole Reedy, Reedy uh, Creek and the Lake Buena Vista area and all that shit. Ideally, when that law was signed 60 some odd years ago, I get it. Okay? That's called doing business. Whoever the governor was at that time did business. He said, look, here's an opportunity for this swampland in Orlando. Because Orlando was a fucking shithole there was nothing in Florida back then. I-4 was just being built. Disney saw this as an opportunity to do what he did in the middle of nowhere. Because at the time, it was the middle of nowhere. Tampa, you had Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami. Miami, I think at the time, was probably your biggest city in Florida. And then maybe Jacksonville, then Tampa. And none of them were big cities. Even when I moved here back in the 80s, Tampa wasn't a, I came from Chicago. Tampa was not a big city. I remember coming to Tampa thinking, this is their city? What? <laughs> when you come from Chicago down here, yeah, okay. Now it's a little bit different, but it's still not like a New York or a Chicago. But nonetheless, um, Orlando wasn't even kind of what it is now. It wasn't even as big as the town I live in now, back then. So the governor, whoever it was, allowed Disney World to do what they did. I get it. Because at the time, Disney was shopping, right? They could have gone to Georgia. They could have gone to Texas. They could have they, they gone to, they didn't really have the choice of 50 states because obviously you want to go to a place that people can enjoy the park year round. You're not going to go too much further north than the Florida border, essentially, that that line, that parallel. So you'd be looking at, you know, southern Arizona, southern New Mexico, southern Texas, Louisiana, southern, you know, southern Georgia. That's about as far north as you'd want to go because you want someone to be able to come to that park 365 days a year like they can in Florida. So I understand. Do I agree that 60 years later it doesn't need to be put in yeah that's i mean shit that's shit how shit goes now he has proposed bills of hb 991 defamate defamate defam, defamation defamation I, I can't fucking read and libel sb 1316 blogger i haven't been able to find those registration ban on diversity and equity programs at universities an expansion of Don't Say Gay, which once again is a bill that doesn't exist. Ban on diversity and equity programs in universities. I'm fine with that. What that is is, what I love about memes is obviously there's no context. So they're just, put, he banned diversity and equity programs. He's racist. He's misogynist. He's against LBG2YK, whatever it is. And uh, no, <laughs> he banned 
diversity and equity mandated program. So if you go to a public university, University of Florida, FSU, whatever, those universities are state-funded universities. Now, University of Miami is a private university, technically. But the, the public universities are not allowed to mandate those types of classes. They offer them as an option. They have those programs in those schools optionally before they are being mandated to students. Am I, if the programs are available and people want to go to a program on diversity and or equity, I have no problem with that. Should you force kids to do that? No. And then, uh, you know, it, it just kills me because also on Twitter, <laughs> you see this about Trump. They want to lock Trump up. Now, I guess he's possibly facing indictment in Georgia for lying about Stormy Daniels, whatever, whatever. But in the meantime, it's, it's just ironic how the left so quickly forgets about everything that's going on right now with Biden. Well, luckily for me, they, they complied with my subpoena. Two weeks ago, Sean, I subpoenaed a bank for records for three different former Hunter Biden business associates. Uh, one of those associates in particular was Rob Walker. Uh, we got his account. We confirmed that that account uh, around two months after Joe Biden left the office of vice president received a $3 million wire from two individuals directly associated with the Chinese Communist Party. The very next day after that wire was received, uh, the Walker account started transferring money into three different Biden family members' accounts, including a new Biden family member that's never before been identified as someone being involved in the influence peddling scheme. So this is very uh, serious information that we've received, very troubling information. It does show a pattern that uh, the Biden family was receiving money directly from China. And the question I have, Sean, is what were they doing in return for that money? Now, this is just one account. Uh, there are many more accounts and many more associates. But fortunately for us, we've had people whistleblowers that have been coming in. We knew pretty much which account to uh, investigate. Uh, fortunately, well, the bank system. did comply with our subpoenas. All right. There are yeah. something called suspicious activity reports that, that banks write up uh, if the transaction is suspicious in any way. You've been trying to get a hold of those, but you've been facing a lot of resistance. What will it take to get them? Well, as you know, Sean, we've uh, been demanding these for over a year. Uh, the Treasury Secretary Yellen said we couldn't have them because we were in the minority. When I became chairman of the committee, when the House flipped, she said, well, I don't understand the purpose uh, for why you need these suspicious activity reports, which is a joke. Well, then we asked for a committee hearing uh, with the person from Treasury that signed the letter declining our most recent invitation. Uh, they said they had surgery that day. They offered another person. This person then declined. Uh, so we offered to uh, invite them in with the threat of a subpoena for a transcribed interview. We just got word that Treasury has now said they're going to let us have access to those suspicious activity reports. So there's still a lot to learn about how well, we're going to receive those. But we're moving in, in a good direction with, with respect to this investigation. Well, what's interesting about this is, <clears throat> number one, committees are a joke. All this shit is a joke. I appreciate 
what James Comer is doing in that committee. I appreciate that. But we, as we all know, nothing ever comes out of these committees. Look at all the shit that was going on with Fauci and Rand Paul. Is Fauci in jail? No. I mean, the J6 committee, that's dissolved. And now it looks like most of the people that have been found guilty on whatever J6 violations are probably going to walk. This committee right here, what's interesting, though, is he talks about a third person, a third Biden that we don't know about. We know about Joe and Jim. We know about Hunter. Who's the third person? Is it Jill? Is it Ashley? That's that's the question. That's going to be interesting to see what happens or if it's Hunter's wife. Because I don't know how loyal she is to him and how their marriage is with all the shit that you've, that's come off of uh, Hunter's laptop. She might flip if it is her. But uh, obviously that's there's a, a lot more to come on that. So anyway, let's get into the meat of the show, right? <laughs> You're like, oh shit, we're 30 minutes in. We're just getting to the meat of it. That's how, that's what we do around here. We, we wait 30 minutes to get into the meat of the show. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the meat of the show, I'm going to talk about the banking crisis. Um, now obviously we could sit here and say, well, we talked about this the other day and I get that. And, uh, I just want to, Okay, so when I did the show on Sunday, we talked about the SVB, uh, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank, right? And um, that was obviously, which is which is weird because this is a bank that I think the average depositor was over two hundred thousand dollars. Now the FDIC only covers up to two hundred fifty. So if the average depositor was two hundred, that means there was a lot of people in that bank that had well over two hundred fifty thousand. Um. So, what's been going on? Um. We've got on Sunday, Signature Bank from New York shut down because of the same situation. Now, I think the thing that bothers me the most, and I'm going to kind of bounce around here like I do. Of course, now <laughs> it's Trump's fault. And, and speaking of Trump's fault and speaking of we have to blame anything that goes wrong. We're probably going to hear about this for the next year or so. Anything that goes wrong for the next year or so, they're going to blame on Trump. And I'm going to play a clip of Trump. You know, they said, oh, tr this is Trump's fault because he deregulated the the Dodds that what was it the Dodd Frank or whatever it was law, and uh, that's why all this happened. And I'm gonna play a clip, and I'm gonna give you a little bit of evidence to show that these people are full of shit. But nonetheless, um, what happened on the trail <laughs> train derailments? Now that's we're done with that. We're on to banks. You see how the media narrative spins? You couldn't you couldn't get through the month of February. Without hearing about a different train wreck, a different plant of some sort blowing up, chemical spill here, chemical fire there. We figured that one out. That's done. We're done with all that. We're on to bank crises. Crises. Crises? Crises. We'll go with crises. That sounds better. But here's, here's the crust. I found this tweet. This is from Rising Serpent. 
I just saw this tweet and I and it struck to me. He, I don't know if it's he, but this person puts, uh, government shuts down country for virus with a .04 mortality. Prints money to quote-unquote stimulate the economy. Creates inflation. The Fed raises interest rates to fight inflation. Banks collapse. Banks get bailed out. Government prints more money. Creates more inflation. Okay, so let's, let's break this tweet down. Go back to COVID. I don't say let's go back to COVID. I'm not saying suggesting that because COVID was a fucking joke. And if you listen to the show for the whole time, you understand how we feel about that. And we called it from the day one that we started doing this show that COVID was full of shit. The government was full of shit. Fauci, the CDC, all of these fuckers were full of shit. There was an ulterior motive they were still dealing with. I personally was 100% against the stimulus check. And I told you guys on plenty of shows, if you're getting this, you couldn't not get the stimulus check. So I can't blame everybody for getting the stimulus check. I blame the government for giving them out. You just got it. This shit was just automatically deposited in your bank account or it was in the mailbox. What are you going to do? Not cash a check for 600 bucks, 1000 bucks, whatever they were? I get it. But if you remember, I said, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I told you guys this shit was going to happen. I said that them giving out all this money is going to fuck with our economy. That eventually we're going to fall into an inflationary period, a recession. And I didn't even say it was going to be a recession. I went beyond that and said another Great Depression. And that we possibly could be looking at hyperinflation. I talked about this the other day. Are we on the verge of hyperinflation? The crazy thing is, is when I planned the last three shows I did, the collapse of civilization, how to survive the collapse, and hyperinflation, that was before any of this shit even happened. I'm not saying I'm psychic. I'm not saying that. But I can read the tea leaves a little bit, and I can understand what's going on. Okay? So on that note, before we get into some more shit here, guys, please... If you're new to the show, subscribe. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, subscribe right now. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go back and listen to some past shows because I'm going to reference back to some of the older shows I've done here today. And you'll understand why as we get through. This show might go a little long, but whatever. Um, so also, please make sure you're sharing this with your friends, especially people that are in the that don't know, that are like fucking stupid right now because they don't know what the fuck's going on. If they can handle a few curse words and me drinking some whiskey while I talk to you guys, it, they'll be fine. But I'm telling you, the information I give you is good. It is legit. I'm not just some crazy dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Okay? I wouldn't be doing the show if I didn't feel some sort of way about the things I talk about. Obviously, you can tell that by hearing the way I say these things. So, guys, follow us on social media. Don't tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, as long as TikTok's around, whatever. Uh, on the Twitter machine, DTOM underscore 1775, PCGC underscore 1775. Let's get back to this tweet. All right, so I told you guys, if you're getting a stimulus check, whatever that dollar amount is, if you had no kids, one kid, 20 kids, whatever that dollar amount was, and some people even got, and I don't know if this was countrywide, but in the States, if you had a kid, you got extra money, whatever that dollar amount was. Now, 
we, me and my wife, our, our kids are, are grown and we don't, we didn't qualify for the stimulus check. So, oh, Don, you're, you're just pissed because you didn't get the stimulus check. Stop. That's not what I'm saying, guys. I'm pissed now because of the stimulus checks that people got. And I told you guys, if you're getting this money, instead of going out buying a flat screen TV or a new sound system or, you know, whatever, buy some buy some silver, buy some gold, buy some supplies, buy a gun, buy some ammunition, buy some extra food. I believe, go back and search the shows. I can't tell you which ones because I know I just randomly would talk about it. I told you guys, don't piss the money away. You're going to need it. Here we are, March 15, 2023. Creates inflation. The inflation numbers just came out yesterday, and they were... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, I swear to God, I hate my fucking computer. I really do. <sighs> Let me go to it real quick because, you know, I don't know. All of a sudden, my computer's like, oh, yeah, no, cool. I got to sign back in. Jesus Christ in heaven. <sighs> I don't even freaking get it, dude. I really don't get it. I was just on this God bless it thing. Yeah, welcome back. Log me to fuck in. Jesus Christ. Sorry about this, guys. I get a little heated. I want shit to work. I want it to work. I mean, it's a fucking computer. All right, so inflation yesterday was something. <laughs> I, cry, I swear to God, when I'm trying to find shit. I mean, I think it was like 6%, 6.2, whatever. Um, let's see. I, I, for the life of me, I can't find it now. That's a, that's a fucking amazing... Yeah, 6%. God bless it. Sorry about that, guys, but Jesus fucking Christ in heaven. It shouldn't be this fucking hard to find stuff. Anyway, I talked about this on the show the other day. 6%. Oh, that's coming down. No, guys. It's 6% higher than it was this time last year when it was 8-something this time last year. Do you understand how inflation works? Oh, but it's a better number, 6%. It's 6% higher than it was last year when it was 8.4 last year. So when it's still 6% or 5% or 4% next year, you're going, oh, it's only 4%. It's 4% over the 6%. It was over the 8% the year before. Do you understand? Are your eggs, oh, it's only 6%. Did the eggs go, did, did the eggs get cheaper? Did the fucking milk get cheaper? Did your grocery bill get less? No. So, Tell me how the number is less, and it makes a difference. So in order to fight inflation, they're raising the interest rates, which caused the banks to collapse. That's what happened to SVB. That's what happened to Signature Bank. God only knows who's next, because as I'm recording this right now, as I'm recording this right now, Swiss, uh, what's it, uh, Credit Suisse, which is Switzerland's second largest bank and one of the biggest investment banks on the in the world, is on the brink of collapse. Like I've said before, guys, this isn't an American thing. But as the U.S. dollar goes, so goes the world, right? And I've said that. So they want to blame Trump. Here's another thing that Trump deregulated, and look what it's causing. So I'm going to play this clip from Trump real quick. i got to turn you off and play Mr president and of course this has to happen legislation i'm signing today rolls back the crippling dodd frank regulations that are crushing 
community banks and credit unions nationwide. They were in such trouble. One size fits all. Those rules just don't work. And community banks and credit unions should be regulated the same way. And you have to really look at this. They should be regulated the same way with proviso for safety as in the past, when they were vibrant and strong. But they shouldn't be regulated the same way as the large, complex financial institutions. And that's what happened. And they were being put out of business one by one. And they weren't lending. Since its passage in 2010, Dodd-Frank has dealt a huge blow to community banking. So pay attention. As a candidate, I pledged that we would rescue these community banks from Dodd-Frank, the disaster of Dodd-Frank. And now we are keeping that commitment, and all of the people with me are keeping that commitment. We passed and signed a record number of bills terminating job-killing regulations. In the history of our country, no president, whether it's four years, eight years, or 16 years in one case, has ever passed more regulation cuts. So the interesting thing there is people want to sit there and say, oh, this is all Trump's fault. He, he caused this shit to happen, blah, blah, blah. Did you hear what he said? Community banks and credit unions. Okay. Pretty sure, pretty sure that neither SVB or Signature are community banks. To me, a community bank is like a credit union. So like where I live in Florida, you have Mid-Florida Credit Union. You have Suncoast Credit Union. You have, you know, different uh like company, not company. How do I want to phrase this? Like credit unions for companies, like pub, like Publix, for example. Publix has a credit union. Uh, GTE has a credit union. The rail workers have a credit union. You understand what I'm saying? Um, SVB is the 16th largest bank in the country. I'm sorry, 17th largest bank in the country. Not very regional. You're not the 17th largest bank in the in the country, and you're regional. Who are they larger than? So obviously, like number one is I think Chase, and then two is Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. Those are names you know. Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, right? Those are names you know. So SVB is 17th, but who who are they ahead of? Well, they're ahead of American Express, Fifth Third Bank, uh, First Republic. Ally Financial, Huntington, Barclays, right? Those are names you know, right? So I would say regions. I would say SVB is not regional. Well, Signature Bank, they're in New York. Okay, well, every one of these banks is somewhere. Every one of these banks are in New York or Chicago or wherever, right? That doesn't mean they're regional. Signature Bank. I'll admit, I've never heard of these banks either. I get it. They're they're not Bank of America. They're not Wells Fargo. I get it. But to say they're regional, they're not. Uh, signature banks, 37th largest bank in the country. Okay. 
So you think, okay, well, 37, they're regional though, right? I've never heard of Signature. If you're not from New York, you've probably never heard of Signature. Well, they're they're bigger than Discover. They're bigger than Synchrony. They're bigger than Zion's Bank Corp. <laughs> they're bigger than, let's see, I'm just trying to find names that probably sound familiar from a large standpoint. That's that's about it. Um, Raymond James, which I'm, I'm familiar with because that's in this region of, of, of the country. Credit Suisse, they're larger than them in the U.S. version of Credit Suisse, Swiss, whatever they are. But that's my point. These aren't regional banks. He deregulated the... He basically took the handcuffs off of regional community banks and credit unions because the the regulations that were signed by Obama in 2010 handcuffed, or, or I shouldn't say handcuffed, but caused these banks, these smaller banks, to be held to the same standards of these larger banks, which wasn't right. Now, they could say, well, by him deregulating, it gave these banks the opportunity to do some shady shit. Okay, that's on them. <laughs> really? Basically, what happened was, from what I've heard from different shows and whatnot, essentially what happened was, if they, and I played the clip from the, the uh, Economist the other day, but, you know, they had more, they have more holdings than you have um, withdrawals. Uh, people started withdrawing more money, but the money that they used in excess, they bought bonds with, and then people started cashing in the bonds because the interest rate went up, which killed the bonds, so on and so forth. That's not our fault. Now, if you bank with SVB or Signature or whatever, and you had more than $250,000 in the bank, should you be held accountable for the bank doing shady businesses? Probably not. It's not fair that, you know, Bob Johnson had a million dollars in the bank and the bank fucking collapsed and now he's only getting $250,000. That's, that's not fair to him. I get that. But do you bail the bank out? Or do you allow the bank to be sold to Bank of America or whoever to take them over and guarantee that Bob Johnson's million dollars is still in the bank? Because what happens if a regional bank, what happens if, and I don't know this if, if Walmart still does this, but I know when I worked for Walmart, this was a long time ago, 20 years ago, your paychecks came from the Bank of Bentonville. Okay, that's a regional bank. <laughs> Unless you live in that part of, of uh, Arkansas, you probably didn't never heard of Bentonville and or the Bank of Bentonville, right? So the paychecks used to come, you know, Walmart stores Inc. Whatever PO box da da da, Bank of Bentonville, Arkansas, blah blah blah. Now if that bank were to go under, and I'm just assuming they still cut the checks. I don't know if they do or not. They could be banking with someone else. I don't know, but I'm just using that as an example. If if that bank were to collapse, what does that mean for Walmart? What does it mean for its employees getting their paychecks? Walmart surely has more than $250,000 in that bank, right? And I think that's the point and I, i'm assuming that that's still the bank that the company uses they might not they might use bank of america as far as i know i don't know but uh that's kind of my point the regional banks might have you might have a bank where you live whatever state whatever city you live in 
and that bank might finance the local, uh, you know, some guy might own a couple of restaurants in your town. And he might not be the richest guy in the world, but he might be making a million dollars a year. His businesses might be making a million dollars a year. And he employs 100 people. But now that bank just went out of business. What does that mean for those people in that bank that, you know, that get paychecks from that bank? So is it fair for those people to not get paid? No, because I would assume most people that work for, you know, Bob Johnson, the restaurateur in local town USA, I need their paycheck, right? So it's those types of things that we, we don't think about. But um, it brings me back to, um, to a, a show I did last year, oddly enough. Uh, if you want to listen to the whole show, I encourage you to do so if you haven't already. Or even if you have, it was, it was a year ago. It was literally March 25th of last year when I did this show. Okay? It's called Project Sandman. Now, if you're new to, the, to this podcast, or even if you're not and you saw that Project Sandman, I don't care about building sandmans and sandcastles, I don't care about that. If you didn't listen to the show, or even if you did and it's been a year and you forgot what it was about, I encourage you to please go back and listen to the show. And this is why. I'm going to tell you the whole show right now. No, I'm joking. I'm going to read the excerpt that I had wrote down. So, essentially, Project Sandman describes a 100-plus nation agreement that, when triggered, will see those nations simultaneously dump the dollar and abandon the petrodollar status that... um has allowed the USA to enjoy 50 years of fiat currency counterfeiting and material abundance at the expense of everyone else. When this decision is triggered, the dollar and all denomination denominated assets will plunge to near zero literally overnight. Now, think about what's going on right now. I wrote this down a year ago. Did the show a year ago. This means all dollar-denominated bank accounts, bonds, pension funds, treasuries, and other investment vehicles will essentially be worth zero for a simple reason that all banks and markets will freeze operations. Any funds that you have in the stock market will be stuck in those markets, and the entire infrastructure of banking and finance will suffer a catastrophic liquidity crisis that will freeze nearly all financial transactions what are we seeing right now what was trending on twitter bank run you're seeing it slowly granted it's not overnight not all banks but it is it's more of a domino effect right now credit cards will stop functioning food stamp food stamp systems will go down and stay down atms will not function wire transfers will be halted checks won't be honored and banks will appear to be offline when accessed through the internet, displaying maintenance messages. The dollar collapse is deliberate plan to force the starving masses into the digital dollar control grid. Before I read on, I want to I want to pause on that. Is this done being done? So Project Sandman isn't a United States project. Obviously, we're not. <laughs> I shouldn't say obviously. One would think we're not trying to kill our own currency. But are we? 
Is this being done intentionally? Was the plan all along to flood the market with all this paper money? What did I say? 80% of the cash flow that's circulation right now is printed over the last couple of years? Was this done intentionally to force us in to digital currency? We'll wreck the system. And then this is what I'll have. Well, we don't have bank records that you had $10,000 in your bank, Mr. Mister Q, but uh, here's your digital currency uh, denomination of 5000 Oh, But I had ten. No, 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 it's five or a thousand or whatever. This scenario has been engineered for a deliberate collapse of the dollar fiat currency and attempted uh, forcing of everyone into the digital dollar system run by banksters. In the midst of the panic, people will be promised a universal basic income and food credits or rationings, but only if they use the approved digital wallet system run by the same criminals who spent the last 50 years looting the value of the dollar. Desperate people will comply and they will sell their souls and their freedom in exchange for a few more meals. Even while their futures are obliterated by the mark of the beast financial system that will forever keep them enslaved and impoverished. Here's a very, well, I'm going to skip that. <laughs> when the petrodollar ends, the riots won't be far behind. The illegitimate occupying government, or Biden, that is currently pumping out trillions of dollar in fiat currency at its, as its final desperate act to loot the system before its final collapse. Um, when the petrodollar collapses, the banks will freeze, riots will begin almost immediately in every major city. Total chaos will reign as the desperate, oblivious, unprepared mass murder each other while attempting to find food, water, and ammunition. The collapse of the rule of law will shockingly rap will be rapid, and no police or National Guard units will make a dent in the nationwide chaos. Only the rural areas will be safe, as local citizens and law enforcement will work together to protect communities. The death wave will continue within just a few days after the collapse. Millions will be at risk of death from lack of basic sanitation as the streets of Democratic-run cities flow with the feces of the crapping masses. With no functioning power grid, the municipal water supply will collapse as well. Entire cities like L.A. will plunge into deadly water scarcity scenarios. That's combined with such violence and lawlessness on the streets that even humanitarian aid organizations not dare venture into the fray. The bottom line, mass starvations, chaos, lawlessness, violence, disease, depopulation. In other words, everything the globalists have wanted for America all along. None of this is by accident. It's all planned. Remember when I told you guys about the formation of the BRICS nations, right? BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Well, let's add two more to the note. Saudi Arabia and now Mexico. You think it's coincidence that Saudi's national bank is the largest investor in Credit Swiss Bank and refuses to help them? Now, is this being done by those, by the BRICS nation? Is it being done by R? Or are they all in collusion? We talked about this collapsing. Of, I, it's weird that I just did this show last week on the collapse, collapsing of a civilization, and now this is going on.
we talked about how different shows, different podcasts, different radio shows, whatever, talk about gold and silver and whatever, and I get it, they're sponsors. But if, and I, I do listen to Tim Pool, and I'll give him credit for this, with this thought because it's true. I've had this thought too. Me and Chris have had this conversation that if you had $1,000 that you could live without right now, you have $1,000. You don't need it. You don't have any bills coming up. You can literally just piss it away and not miss it. Would you be better off buying $1,000 worth of gold or silver? Not that you could buy a lot of gold with $1,000, but let's say $1,000 worth of silver. Are you better with that? Or buying, let's say you have a gun of some sort, whatever kind, whatever, whatever. Would you be better off buying maybe a couple hundred dollars in ammunition and then maybe some food? And I'm not saying my Patriot Supply or whoever else. I'm saying going to the grocery store, buying some canned foods, buying some rice, buying some noodles, buying some water, Buying some medicine, some aspirin, some antibiotics, band-aids, peroxide, rubbing alcohol. Would you be better off buying that stuff? Because when it comes down to it, if these things happen, if the collapse is intimate, if we are on the verge of it. I just talked about this last week and then fucking banks are collapsing. It's one thing when one bank's when one bank collapses. That was Friday then Sunday, and then Tuesday. Okay, guys? I'm not trying to scare you, but hear me when I tell you this. If you have some money, if you just got your tax return, and you have a couple hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, hell, if you got 3,000 bucks, maybe you go buy that gun that I talked about. You buy some ammunition. And I'm not saying you need this to, to fight the government. I'm not saying that. This is for your protection. If you don't own a gun and you need to buy one gun for your protection, for your family, buy a shotgun. Ammunition's relatively cheap and it does a lot of damage if someone's banging on your door. Figure out a way to protect yourself. Figure out a way to feed yourself and your family. Because... Like I said, if you're going to invest in precious metals, I would say at this point, your best bet is brass. Ha ha. If you, if you know, you know, right? Because gold and silver, platinum, and all those other things ain't going to do you a damn bit of good if society collapses. Because if you're hungry, it's going to be based on barter. I got this shiny gold coin. Cool. I don't eat shiny gold coins. Oh, I have a, a gallon bottle of water. Cool, I'll give you a loaf of bread or whatever. You, you see what I'm saying? Think of these things. Like I said, I'm not doing this to scare you, but I'm trying to scare you. No. <sighs> on the show the other day, on the collapse, collapsing of civilization, I read this post, and I know I kind of probably breezed through it, but I'm going to read this again just to reiterate what's going on right now. Right now. And I just did this show last Monday, Sunday, whenever it was. But unlike past civilizations, the economy of industry, society is capitalist. Production for profit is the prime directive and driving force. The unprecedented surplus energy supplied by fossil fuels has generated exceptional growth 
and enormous profits over the past two centuries. But in the upcoming decades, these historic windfalls of abundant energy, constant growth, and rising profits will vanish. Now, mind you, before I keep reading on, I'm going to see when this article was written. This was August of 20. Okay? The upcoming decades. Maybe when this person wrote this article, they didn't realize how close to the upcoming decade they were. However, unless it's abolished, capitalism will not disappear when boom turns to bust. Instead, energy-starved, growthless capitalism will turn catabolic. And cannibalism refers to the condition where, whereby a living thing devours itself. A profitable source of production dries up. Capitalism will be compelled to turn a profit by consuming the social assets it once created. By cannibalizing itself, the profit motive will exacerbate industrial society's dramatic decline. Catabolic capitalism will profit from scarcity, crisis, disaster, and conflict. Warfare resource hoarding, ecological disaster, and pandemic disease will become the big profit makers. Now think about what I just read and what's going on right now. Scarcity, crisis, disasters, train derailments, plant fall, uh, plant blowing up. You know, you, you know, stores aren't as plentiful as they used to be. We're having constant conflict with, uh, with white versus black, black versus Asian, uh, right versus left, right? Warfare, Reset, resource hoarding. Okay, I'm telling you to go buy food. I'm telling you to go buy ammunition. Telling, well, that's kind of what it is. It's resource hoarding. Whatever. You do you. Ecological disasters. Like I said, train wrecks, uh, chemical fires, chemical blows up, chemical plants. A pandemic disease will become the big profit makers. Big Farm made a shit ton of money over the last two years. Why? Because a pandemic disease and our quote-unquote vaccines they wanted to give everybody. <sighs> Capital flow toward lucrative ventures like cybercrime, predatory lending, and financial fraud. Bribery, corruption, racketeering, weapons, drugs, and human trafficking. Once... Uh, once uh, a destructive measure became a primary source of profit, catabolic capitalism will rampage down the road to ruin. I, I, I like I said, I hate, <laughs> I hate when I start <clears throat> looking up stuff and I start digging and I find out that I was right about stuff because, uh, granted, I like being right. Don't get me wrong, but. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes when I'm doing research and sometimes when Chris sends me stuff or I'm looking up stuff or whatever, I kind of think, eh, it's a little crazy, but I'll talk about it. But, <laughs> son of a bitch, <laughs> right? To, to quote Biden. But anyway, I guess with that being said, guys, like I said in the last couple of shows, please prepare and and I'm, depending on what other podcasts you might listen to, you probably hear the same thing. Worst day in your life is when you don't have to use it. Um, versus spending thousands of dollars on emergency food supplies, 
granted, the stuff lasts 25 years. I get that. Um, maybe buy something you're actually going to eat. You know, pay attention to whatever grocery store you shop at. Pay attention to their ads. You know, some of their ads are getting harder and harder because the economy's in rough shape. So you might not see as many buy one, get one freeze and stuff like that. And I get that. But pay attention. Maybe start clipping coupons. Maybe start doing whatever you have to do to stock up on things that you're going to eat anyway. I'm not saying go and buy 100 cases of uh, Vienna sausages that you'll never eat. I mean, I guess if you get hungry enough, you're going to eat them. But in the meantime, if you bought, you know, canned vegetables or raviolis or tuna fish or whatever, stuff that you eat anyway, granted they have an expiration date, rotate your stock. Eat it anyway. You're going to eat it. Just if you buy, you know, a four-pack or whatever of tuna fish and you have a couple of whatever, pay attention to the dates. And then every time you notice it goes on sale or canned chicken breast or whatever, I'm just talking about stuff I buy, just notice the dates. Rotate your stock. If you have a gun, buy some ammunition. I'm not saying go buy more guns. Uh, keep what you got and make sure you have something to shoot it with. If you don't have a gun, you might want to think about it. Because I would assume that if you're listening to the show, you're like-minded. You're not opposed to owning a gun. You just maybe not had the inclination to buy one. Now's the time. Like I said, if you don't own a gun, buy a shotgun. Get you a nice little 12-gauge. Get you a nice, reliable, like a Remington. Those, those are relatively cheap and very reliable. Buy you some shells and just learn how to shoot it. Because if you've never shot one, they're loud and they're very uh, aggressive. So maybe go to the range and squeeze a few rounds off so you understand how it works. But anyway, with that being said, guys, please, like I said, make sure you're sharing this show with your friends. And like I said, if you're new to the show or even if you're not new to the show, Please subscribe, whatever podcast app you're listening to on. Go hit that follow button, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, whatever it is. Hit it. If you can leave us a rating, depending on which one you're listening to us on, please do so. And then, like I said, most importantly, please share this with your friends. I I try not to get too crazy political and sit here and have an hour-long bitching session about Joe Biden. Sometimes it's necessary. I'm just trying to keep you guys informed on things that maybe some of these other shows that you probably listen to aren't talking about but the more you subscribe the more you share the more you listen the bigger the show will get we're continuing to grow and i appreciate it and and for the folks that are listening to this that aren't from the united states this is affecting you guys too this isn't an american thing i've said this for the last month this is a world thing so spread the word keep sharing this with your friends and i'll talk to you guys again on friday oh one more thing guys please um, I talked about the social media sites. Don't forget about our uh, website, don'ttreadamerica.com. You can hit me up there. With that being said, guys, it is Wednesday, March 15th, the Ides of March. You guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Friday.